evening, Monadnock Region, and welcome to the Space Lounge. This is, of course, Go Mo Tonight, the Monadnock Region's only weekly local interest comedy podcast. And I am here once again at last with my two co-hosts. Zoe Roten Heinzman. And Sam Abbott. Sam, welcome back to the program. We had to we had to leave you out on un, un unplanned for a couple of episodes because we we kind of wedged in this bonus episode with Ed Walker, which hopefully everybody by now has already viewed. But prior to that, I should say, it's not really prior to that. It all happened at the same time. Sam was getting a stomach bug in all capital letters, Maine. (laughs) Hopefully not from like some bad seafood or something. No, fortunately no, not. No. A bad child, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like all stomach, like all real stomach bugs. <laughs> exactly. Bad, bad children, other than my own, who gave it to my good children, and then they brought yes, it back to that's me. Not <laughs> not exactly. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, the little vermin! You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the pleasures of being a parent. I was talking to um, my good buddies. Uh, some of you will know who I'm talking about. John and Pat down in New Jersey. Um, shout out to, I, I got a shout out on the most recent Fresh Kills podcast. So um, shout out to, uh, we've done this before, Fresh Kills, John Pelmucci is a co-host. But I was chatting with them about like, because John's a train conductor. And so um, he, in terms of mask wearing and things like that, is bound by federal guidelines. So, you know, the, um, I don't know if it was the TSA or whoever announced today that they're keeping the the transportation mask mandate um, in place for another 30 days. Right. So like no place else does anybody have to wear masks, but on planes and on trains that fall under the federal system, um, you, you have to wear masks. And so, and so, you know, John and Pat were all like, yeah, but you know, John started it. He's like, you know, I, yeah, he, he did that thing that so many people are doing where he's like, I haven't actually been sick in like two years, you know? Um, but his kid, is like six months old or whatever and doesn't go to daycare, you know? So, uh-huh. um, and, and Pat is, um, you know, he's in a, he's in a long-term monogamous relationship, but does not have children. So he doesn't have any clue. You know, he does work in a pharmacist, I will say. So he, he comes into contact with the unwashed masses all the time. Right. But I think <laughs> that the pharmacy has had, has had mask rules most of this time. And, um, you know, and I'm just like, oh, John, I'm like, you know, because they, they started joking with me about how, like, I'm sick because I'm not masked all the time, which like, because I said, I've been like, I've been, I've gotten sick plenty of times in the last two years, never with COVID, but I've gotten sick with other things like normal shit. Right. And they're like, yeah, it's because you're not masked, which is, I mean, I haven't been masked in, like, I don't know, a year and a half, really, in any substantial way. Um, but the real culprit is always the god. like no offense to anybody who thinks i'm speaking ill of children but it's the goddamn children who bring home the diseases and john will find out one day you know maybe you know mina his wife it's possible who knows they haven't worked at all they're, they're about to have another they're about to have an irish twin right now um so she may be home for a while and and the kids may be home for a while and john may be able to continue this trend for a while but eventually one or both of those kids is going to go to a filthy and and again this is not judgment it could be the nicest wooden toy screen free electricity free waldorf place right and it's a (laughs) filthy ass daycare cesspool (laughs) and they're going to bring home diseases Right. <laughs> true. No, absolutely true. It's, they hadn't gotten sick. Our kids hadn't haven't gotten sick in a long time because they've been home. And this was yeah. like the first thing. And Lindsay took them to this little like party at the, these friends' houses of this mom's group, and they fucking came home with it. And everybody got deathly ill. And our her, her friend went to the emergency room. I mean, it was like oh, my but my buddy my buddy pulled a muscle in his back because he was puking so hard. Oh, I think God. he's kind of he's kind of dramatic guy anyway but still burst blood vessels under his eyes he said no i mean you know what i mean honestly like i can i can relate to that a little bit though because like i am for whatever reason not to be graphic but i am kind of a violent puker and i hate having a stomach bug for that reason and what will happen to me is it's not usually my back um it's 
I don't know if I've ever had a blood vessel problem, but probably almost, but I will get, um, my like whole like larynx from like the involuntary yelling that I have to do. I can't throw up quietly. I don't know why I've seen people do it. I know it's possible, but I can't do it. Right. And so like, I, I will burn my entire like esophagus from like yell puking. Right. And I will, bruise my, I will literally bruise my own ribs. I'll, like, like my, my ribs will get bruised from like the violence of the convulsion. So I get it. Like I, I, and maybe I'm a dramatic sick person as well. I, again, like I said, I've known people who puke very passively and I don't, <laughs> I don't know how that's done. Um, I am violent and it's terrible. So, yeah. So, I mean, I get it. If your buddy throws out his back, that could happen to me. <laughs> Definitely. Like I'm, I'm susceptible. I'm, I'm a, I'm the equivalent of an immunocompromised when it comes to um, <laughs> like a puke muscular injury. <laughs> so switching gears from that terrible subject, let's talk about pizza. <laughs> Nothing I like more right after a stomach bug than some nice pizza. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, actually, one more one more disgusting stomach bug con- comment, right? This is because this has happened to me ever since I was a child. This is like a universal thing, right? When I, because like, all right, so you know how like you have this like violent like purgative period, right? And like you can't keep anything down, and you got to get through it, right? But eventually, you come out on the other side, and you can eat, and like you oughta like take it easy on yourself, and like have like toast and ginger ale for a little while or whatever, right? Like without fail, like powerful urges within me, like primal urges. When I get better from a stomach bug, I'm like, give me McDonald's and fried chicken and pizza and waffles (laughs) with syrup, fake syrup. And, um, and like, like I, like that's what I want. You know, and like most of my life, like the people around me have been like, you can't have that, dude. I'm not going to I'm not giving into that demand. I'm you can have something, you know, X reasonable thing. Right. But like, you know, in my adulthood, it's it's less easy for people to dismiss to to dismiss me with that because I'll just bother them until, you know, like I'll just be just an awful pain in the ass. Um, and moan for McDonald's. Oh, I need a quarter pounder. I will never be healed until I get my quarter pounder. You know, like I will just sit there moaning and moaning and moaning. And I don't know. I will say in my experience, like I almost kind of think the whole like easing back into it is a myth. Like I think when your body is done with the problem, it's like totally like you can't like launch yourself back into the problem like by eating greasy stuff or something like that. I don't know. That's just my experience anyways, but pizza let's, let's, um, <laughs> I did see, I, I did see Sam non on a saltine earlier, so I don't it's think true. he follows your philosophy. <laughs> I, I was finishing them off. No, I, it's all I ate on Tuesday with saltines. I know, the I've had my, I, yeah, I like salt. I mean, saltines are kind of a comfort food for me. So I, I still they're nice. Them. I still appreciate them in this context. I really, I am a saltine fan. Um, yeah, but so we're March, the month of tournaments. Those of you know that any, anybody who works someplace with a, with a pool, you know, one of my coworkers who like, I, I, I work in Nashua, but actually she's my, she started on the same day as me and she's my Monadnock region coworker. She lives in new Ipswich and, you know, she sent out an email being like, she, she had done a bunch of Super Bowl squares, you know, and she was like, um, Hey, you know, I, I was talking to so-and-so and, um, we were saying we should start up a March madness tool. Who's interested, you know? And my response is like, uh, you will always hook me into losing money on a well-intentioned gambling scheme. Like I will, I will happily lose money on this. Um, so I ne- I've never won a March Madness pool, but I will always enter them anyway because I don't know why not. It's kind of it makes it fun. I won't watch the tournament either. Um, it's funny because like I I am a basketball fan, but like people are like 
oh yeah, you got to watch the college basketball. It's like pure basketball. And then like I watch a college basketball game, like honestly, even the good teams, even the best teams, I watch them and I'm like, so by pure, do you mean like worse? Like, do you mean just like shitty? Like they're not as good at playing it, you know, like they're not as good at like shooting the ball and like blocking the shots. And like, I don't know any of the things that make basketball bad. Like they're just not as good at it. And that's what you mean by pure, right? I don't know. I've never really understood that. I don't actually think that college basketball is fun to watch at all. Um, I don't know because I'm used to watching the NBA where they're awesome um, <laughs> at, at everything and it's entertaining, but, and I don't know, whatever people like it though. Maybe I'll force myself to watch a couple of games. I will gamble on it, but we at Goldman Adnock are going <laughs> to jump into, it's not really a proper tournament, but the contest. Oh. Oh, it's a tournament. It is a pizza tournament. It's the field of sport. We're going to judge grade, review in detail, (laughs) the pizza of the Monadnock region. And we need your help in doing that. We're actually asking for um, listener, viewer, reader, regional citizen participation at least to some small degree, in our March Pizza Madness tournament, which is really going to end in April, but whatever. So does the NCAA tournament, for the record. Um, But before we get into that, this episode is sponsored by the Max T Makerspace. As you are well aware from listening to this program, many people are saying that it is time to protect the greater Peterborough area from incursions from neighbors. You may have heard me say something like this. Perhaps even take the upper hand when dealing with the surrounding region. Perhaps take the initiative, go on the offensive. This is true in so many ways. But in particular, it's true in protecting the cultural dominance of Peterborough. We cannot truly win the war without first winning hearts and minds. Unfortunately, Peterborough has seen heavy losses. We've talked about some of these on this program. New England College came and took away our Sharon Arts Center. Nova Arts! <laughs> May they rue the day in Keene. Took our thing in the Spring Festival. God took away music at Harlow's. <laughs> Max T is fighting back. For those of you who don't know, Max T is behind the nation's biggest small town community makerspace located right here in Peterborough. And that's a remarkable fact that is worth, frankly, being proud of. The makerspace has shared workspaces, private studios, and educational opportunities for makers of all, of all stripes. It has been behind the wildly popular night market, which the night market arts festival, which we ourselves have participated in. Honestly, the night market is top notch. It's one of my favorite things. So again, Max T is responsible for that, and it's going to be returning in a big way this summer. Finally, and listen to this. This is, this is news right here. Finally, Max T has fought back for you. Max T has thwarted New England College's nefarious attempt to deprive our region of a pottery studio. After the closing of the Sharon Arts Center, Max T gathered the pottery-making troops, made a plan. And they have now turned the tide. This month, Max T is opening its brand new, beautiful ceramic studio right on Route 101 in Dublin. Thanks to the contributions of hundreds of members of our community. It's, get this, Sharing Arts Community Ceramic Center. I love that. It will renew and improve upon Sharon Art's legacy of providing access to all the equipment, instruction, and support you need, whether you are a beginner or a professional. Max T will be hosting regular weekly classes from some of our region's leading potters, including classes for young learners. It will also have membership options that allow anyone to pursue this extremely worthwhile hobby to the fullest and help the Max T Makerspace fight back. Hell yeah. Let's take the turf. Cultural dominance. That's what this is all about. What's more? Bonus. It gets better. 
For you loyal listeners, Max T is offering a special discount. That's right. GOMO tonight has its own promotional coupon. Just use GOMO, G-O-M-O, at checkout for any of Max T's upcoming classes or for a membership at the new Ceramic Center, the Sharing Art Center in Dublin, and receive a 5% discount, which I love. So many thanks to Max T Makerspace, not just for sponsoring our program, but for fighting back on the cultural front. I love that. Like, I, I can't think of very much that I love more. So, um, you know, we are um, even, <laughs> even beyond the words that we are paid to say, consider us enthusiastic supporters of both the Sharing Arts Center and the broader Max T Makerspace, which we all thought was called Maxed up until now. But <laughs> now we know. Now, now we know. Now you know it's called Max T Makerspace. Um, big supporters, big fans. Can't wait for the summer night market. We will definitely be there. And, um, you know, hey, maybe we can find some more ways to um, collaborate directly as time goes on. Um, really excited about that. What a great resource and um, a great spirit imbued in these folks that are, are running this organization in our community. Really love to see that. As they pointed out, um, at, at, in a time of losses, you know, um, really love to see that. Really love to see that. But one thing that we know that Keen doesn't have on us, and I can say this for a fact, having spent way too many cursed years in the shadow of Keen. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Keen itself is a valley and it can't cast a shadow. It just is a shadow. You know, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a slur. It's a scar on the land. I mean, in all honesty... <laughs> <laughs> not to spend too much time ragging on Keen, but like go up to the top of Mount Monadnock and like look at like the, the 50 to 100 miles that you can see in every direction, right? And there literally is only one place that you can see. And you can see like, I mean, like part of what you can see is fucking like Athol, Massachusetts, which is considered like one of like the lowest, dirtiest places in the entire Commonwealth, right? And the only place that you can actually visibly see, though, from the top of that mountain, it looks like a scar. Looks like like God or some evil spirit just sort of like made like an ugly mark in the ground. Like the only place where that's true is Keene. And it's obvious. Like it looks like a fucking like military airfield. Like it's just ugly. <laughs> Sin. What a terrible place. Oh, my God. But here's the thing. They have got a greater population. They're stealing our music. They're doing all of these things. But their pizza is absolutely not better than ours. And that's not to say that ours is great, but theirs is not better. And we're not including them in our tournament because fuck them. They're not part of the Monadnock region, no matter how much they claim. I don't care if they want to merge with our Chamber of Commerce or what. Keen, you're not one of us. You're not, not a chance. Marlboro and Swansea, you aren't either. But, you know, we'll, you know, I don't know, once in a while, if you're nice, we'll let you come to the table. But Anyways, you're not included in the pizza. I don't know. Did we include? We did. No. All right. We do have Marlboro in the pizza. Put Marlboro. Oh, we do. Okay. I, did, yeah. I did like a 20-minute radius. Yeah. So no, it's cool. So, so let's list this off, and then we'll kind of explain to you how this is going to work. So we're, we're going to um, – the basis for our judgment on the pizza is going to be a small – cheese no, no not small cheese because nobody eats cheese pizza nobody with a soul um we're gonna get or a small over the age of, or un, yeah over the yeah, age of like seven right exactly well if you're under the age of 13 and a half you're not human yet anyway so you know <laughs> larva and people with no souls sometimes eat plain cheese pizza nobody else should ever do that you can't judge pizza on a plain cheese right so we're gonna do a small pepperoni pizza to make it fair across the board i love a lot of toppings i eat Lots of random things on pizza. Very flexible. Got a broad. Uh, I'm very broad-minded uh, as far as toppings go. But to keep this fair and simple, because we, I, I've seen people, and again, I don't want to get into specifics because we don't want to begin the judgment yet. But I've even seen folks, uh, pizza places that are on this list, try to, or proponents of them, try to make the argument that like the freshness of the toppings contributes to how good the pizza is no they don't but let me make that very clear and make a flat statement no 
They don't. The quality <laughs> of a pizza has fucking nothing to do with the toppings that go on it at all. Um, it's it's all about the crust, the cheese, the sauce, the cheese, and the cheese to sauce ratio. Um, yes, all, all of which is is extremely important. But it like. Th- that is the foundation of a pizza. And then whatever you throw on top of it is whatever you throw on top of it. If you have a good crust and a good cheese to sauce ratio and you throw canned black olives on top of it, like I'm not going to be happy about that. That's not correct, but <laughs> it's going to, but it's going to be a better pizza than I was about to throw an actual name of a pizza place out there, but I'm not going to do that yet. We will piss people off later in terms of insulting your favorite pizza places, because I know there's some of you who are diehards at a place that is just some of the worst pizza I've had in my life. Like, I feel like I've probably, I don't know if I've ever had pizza in Ohio, but I could find pizza in Ohio. That's better than this pizza, you know? And like, they don't even know what food is there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Um, and, um, the, you know, so anyway, well, so, so what are, what are the pizza places that were, here's the identified pizza places. And I will say we have not started this yet. So if you, and, and, and even, you know, we're record, I meant to mention this at the beginning, we were recording this on Thursday, the 10th of March. 2022 this will be released on the 17th st patrick's day happy motherfucking st patrick's day to all of you i've got like a tiny sliver of irish in me i hope you do too um i'm sure and if you don't i'm sure there's an irish guy out there who's willing to help um you know it's st patrick's day after all uh, so again <laughs> <laughs> the, the point of all that is to say that when you're hearing this, if you're listening and you feel that there is a pizza place that is not represented on our list, you still have time to get it in. Um, so please reach out to us, Irish or otherwise, temporarily, who knows, okay? But the pizza places on our list, which hopefully none of these are owned by Irish people, but I bet you some of them are. Um, <laughs> Is, uh, no offense, I'm a little bit part Irish, but the Irish shouldn't make pizza. Um, you know, so we, we're covering, as Zoe said, Zoe kind of collected around a tw- roughly a 20-minute radius with a couple of minor exceptions, okay? So, so in Peterborough, we have Pizza Barn, Ponchos, Bowling Acres, Pizza Peddler, and Grappelli's. In Jaffrey, we have Athens, Jaffrey Pizza Barn. In Ringe, Pizza Pie, Domino's, Pizza Haven, New Ipswich represented, New Ipswich House, House of Pizza, Wilton, the famous, now this is a contender, this is one that I've never tried before, but people swear to God it's like the best. I'm very interested to see what I think about that fact. Wilton House of Pizza, okay? <laughs> Milford, and again, it's just over the line. You know, we're not really trying to cover all of Milford with this necessarily, but we feel, especially given its ties to uh, the Mystical Hill in Wilton, Ziza Pizza, we're going to review them as well. In Antrim, there's Rick and Diane's Brick Oven Pizza, so covering some of the the northern towns in the region. Again, we're going to make it out to Marlboro this one time for the main crust pizza co another place I've never tried. And we're going to give Troy a shot at this Troy, which I do consider in the Monadnock region, but doesn't necessarily get a lot of coverage here on, um, go Monadnock. Troy house pizza is going to be on there. Um, so I just want to say I, I left out flatbreads. Like I went for like pizza. No. Yeah. yeah. Flatbread. Flatbread is great yeah. bar food. It is not true pizza. Will not be judged. Will not. Yeah. No offense to anybody. And I also did not look into other than other than Bowling Acres because that was mentioned. You know, as like yep. everyone knows, Bowling yeah, Acres like, has pizza that, that comes up. People like that, right? Yeah, it comes up. But I did not like dig deep onto the menus of like you know various restaurants that may also include pizza. Yeah, no. that was no. you know. Yeah, we're not, again, yeah, if not you've got that. like if no. there's somebody you know a place like that that we're missing that we need this to know about, about. This is about pizza joints. This is about a pizza joint. Um, okay. Yeah. Yep. And, I mean, and, I, do, I think if someone is like, no, you know, Alberto's has like the best pizza, and they want to tell us about it, like we yep. can be open to that, right? Totally. Totally. But yeah. I but I did not hunt. I didn't we, hunt. We're open to we're open to some input on this. 
Uh, now, I'm going to give you kind of like the, the skinny on like two different flows of how this is going to go. First, this is how we're going to do this, okay? So we're going to do, um, Sam, Zoe, and I, we may invite some random friends and, um, and um, steal impromptu things that they say to publish without their permission. Um, if anybody, <laughs> if any, any friends listening to this know that you want to participate in that, just let me know. We'll, we'll clue you in. But we're going to do two different sessions, um, and we're going to really attempt to do six of each. Um, like, like, uh, um, six of the choices in each session. And I, I think that that's reasonable. You know, there's three of us. We can all divide up the territory, pick up two small pepperoni pizzas, a piece, come together. They will still all be relatively warm at that time. And then we can all have one, at least half a slice of the small pie, and, uh, and begin to make our judgments. What we're going to do is we didn't want to do like a bracketed tournament because in order to do that, we'd have to precede everybody. And in order to precede the pizzas, we have to prejudge the pizzas. Um, and while I can do that in my mind, that doesn't seem super fair for the contest. Um, so we're going to take the pizzas. We're going to eat them, comment on them. And then in each session, the top two or three we're going to give ourselves a little flexibility here um, we're, that, that we feel are legitimate and good are going to make it to the final round. And then in that final round, that's kind of like the best of the region's pizza going up against one another. And we'll, we'll give a more in-depth view review of each of those and, and bring it to a conclusion. However, there is another way to kind of make it, into the final stages because we're offering up a populist award and this is going to be tied in with a contest that we're going to do. So big pizza contest here. Uh, you have to sign up for our email list, but those who are either on the email list and cat, like we're going to, Zoe's going to create a, a Google form that allows people to vote on this subject, vote on your favorite pizza place. It can be one of these, you can write in an option if you want to, right? You're going to be required to sign up for our email list, though. A little trick we're doing um, to get you um, <laughs> in order for your vote to count, right? But anybody who votes in this is going to be entered into a random drawing, regardless of what obscene or bizarre choice that you have reflecting your poor taste in pizza. Um, you're going to be entered in. All votes are going to count the same. And um, the, the winner of our little raffle here is going to get a large pepperoni pizza gift certificate, not to the place that you consider your favorite, but the place that we judge as our favorite, because we are forcing our cultural tastes upon you. Uh, but that's the fun part of the contest. And, um, but as part of that though, if there is a pizza place that we have not chosen with our hoity-toity tastes as making it to the final round, but it gets like the most votes or a substantial plurality, I mean, not a plurality, but like a, a, a significant percentage of votes that, that we deem as worthy, really, it's going to win the People's Choice Award. Um, so it is possible that the Goman Adnock Best Pizza Award may differ from the People's Choice. We will find out if we are actually elitists or not, um, or if we're in touch with the people. I think we're elitists, but that, I'm cool with that when it comes to pizza because, and let's let's chat about this for a couple minutes. No offense, everybody. Maybe this will encourage you to vote and outvote me if you hate what I have to say. But are we naming names now? No, no, uh, no, no, no. I wasn't going to name names. Right. We, we, we will generally. We, we will General. name names. But what I what I was just going to the general comment that I was going to make is that I just don't know if people in this area know what good pizza is. No offense. There, there are, and I'm not saying that all of the pizza around here is bad because it's not. There are good, we're going to, we're going to get to that. But when, I don't know. I mean, I've had, I've had better pizza in like the dirty alleyways of like Fitchburg Lemonster roller skating rinks than one of the favorite, one of the most popular pizza places in Peterborough. It's like the worst pizza I've ever had in my life. Honestly, like it's off. Like Elio's is, is better. Um, 
I might be being too mean to ever reveal which one that I'm talking about, but you can probably guess like it's, it's the, it's the, (laughs) it's the the pizza place where animals are most likely to go. If that gives you any hints, right. It's just, it's just absolutely where animals are most likely to live. Even Um, it's just, terrible it it doesn't like i'm telling you the people of the midwest can can who who just have no concept of food who have less concept of food than the british do right they could make a better pizza than this um it and is, you're gonna eat it you're gonna subject no, yourself I will. To this I, I, i've eaten it before out of for, politeness and everything. our viewers That's i mean it's <laughs> it, look it's a, it's a cliche to say it's a cliche to say but I don't know if you guys have heard the old expression that like, you know, pizza is like sex, you know, like even when it's bad, like it's still pizza, you know, um, so, <laughs> like, that, that is, that's not something that I've come up with and I'm not even a hundred percent sure that I agree, but it is a, a saying that people have, and it's at least partially true. Um, we'll, we'll keep that in mind as we are judging these pizzas. Exactly. Like, exactly. Agree with this statement. Is this piece of pizza as good as bad sex? I don't know. There's a scale here, right? Um, but I'm going to name one name here. I'm going to call her out. She's, she's written for Goman Adnock before. I think a lot. Of, she's a, a, a member of the recreational committee. Roxanne. Our good friend Roxanne, I, I call out Roxanne because Roxanne, I really appreciate you for your urban taste, um, which is something that I am familiar with, and most people around here are not. You hate and scorn exactly the right things. You like, you know, you know, like God Almighty, like, oh, uh, Roxanne, when you talk about what a bakery is and what a bakery is not. And for those of you who don't know, a fucking bakery has nothing to do with cakes. <laughs> if the bakery makes cakes or macrons or whatever the hell those fucking things are, it's not a bakery. <laughs> Guys, that's not what a fucking bakery is. God damn it. People in New Hampshire don't understand. Um, a bakery. Oh my God. And bread. Holy shit. Bread. <laughs> like when you talk about like the art of making bread and if you're talking about sourdough, Ah, oh, I want you in a gulag. Like, oh, I just, God <laughs> almighty. I, I don't, oh, it's, it's abhorrent. That is not what bread is. That's not what good bread is. That's not what the art of bread making is. That is some of the worst bread that there is. The only way to make worse bread than sourdough is to have seeds in it that you can chew. You know, that's not what bread is. Bread is a different color than that. It's a different consistency than that. Doesn't sit in the bottom of your stomach like a weight, you know? Like, oh my god! Like it's like it's like a chemical that you guys are doing. Oh god, sourdough. Um, it's edible, okay? It's better than like oat wheat McSeedy, but <laughs> barely, barely. That's not what bread is, uh, you know. That's sorry. That's I'm. I, I don't know. Like your ideas of like cottage core, like that Hansel and Gretel and whatever the fuck. Um, that's not correct. Um, go, go to a city and eat their bread. Um, they, you know, a lot of times it's long and it's hard and you break it and it snaps, you know, like, and it's, you know, oh my God, that's bread guys. Roxanne understands this. Um, Roxanne, I hope that you comment on these pizza words, but like, there's so few people around here that I feel like understand what a proper bakery is, what a proper bagel is, what proper pizza is. And the even among those that do, they're usually reticent to comment on it. Um, but Roxanne, especially not to stereotype or anything like that, but like Roxanne is also a um how do we say this politely, a person who is pregnant, um, and so has uh feels food things strongly and has made a lot of comments to this effect. And right on, Roxanne. I appreciate you, your food your urban snobbery when it comes to this stuff, because I have that too. And pizza is a complex subject. Okay. I've, you know, I've got a lot of friends up, up and down the Northeast megalopolis of this country. And, you know, a lot of people who acclaim that like, 
like it, New York City pizza is better because of the like the dirty water that they use to make it. That's not true. <laughs> um, by the way, that's not true. New York City pizza is very good. It's not better than like New Jersey pizza though, and they have different dirty water in New Jersey. Um, it frankly, it isn't really better than Boston pizza. It's like slightly better than Philly pizza, but not not by much. Um, they're all very similar, very much the same in the cities of the Northeast. And they're all very good. Um, Chicago makes an abomination. Um, I've actually had very good pizza in Chicago, but it wasn't Chicago style. It was like the opposite of that. Um, Chicago style pizza is shouldn't exist. It's a casserole. What is it? What's their deep dish? Yeah, it's like deep dish. But even like when I think of deep dish, I think of like, you know, like, um, like Pizza Hut, like what, what pizza, like when Pizza Hut was good, like Pizza Hut deep dish, you know, it's like a little bit thicker. And I, and I loved that back in the day. And and God, anybody who tells you that they, that the top of the world wasn't getting a little personal pan pizza in the little black cast iron back in the day with a soda and a little treat mm. and all that stuff. Oh my God. That was like the, the pinnacle of nice. human yeah. civilization possibly. In fact, I, I worked at pizza hut very briefly, but I definitely availed myself of my free, like personal pan pizza every shift. <laughs> yep. good um, stuff. God, it was good. So that's what I think of when I think of deep dish and it's not in, in the pizza hut in the former. Cause I've been to pizza hut in the last five, 10 years and you, you you can't. It's 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 bad. It's gone. It's gone. Like Harlow's. It's it's, it's there, but it's gone. It's, it, it's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is like 2002 Pizza Hut when yeah, I worked. 2002 there. Pizza Hut. Fucking still the shit. Oh my god. This is like the best, right? Um, no, like real Chicago deep dish. Oh my god. It's like like three times as thick as that, and like gooey, and like. Uh, man, they might as well use like a sourdough base to it. Like, it's just, that, that sounds like you tried to make a homemade pizza and you like didn't stretch it thin enough. Oh, it's so much worse than that. Oh, yeah, you're oh, right. It sounds God. like that. And that's bad, but it is so much worse than that. It's like you can't pick up a piece. Like you literally, you must consume it with a utensil. Sure. Like you can't yeah. like pick it up. You know? Oh God, terrible, terrible, terrible. Ignore them. California, ignore them too. They don't know. It, like, oh man! I, so I've had plenty of Oregon pizza. This is great. It usually like had uh, butternut squash puree instead of tomato <laughs> sauce, and like little kale chips on top, and you know nut nuts and nutritional yeast instead of cheese. Wash that well, down with a nice IPA. Yeah, and I can't speak to the Pacific Northwest because I haven't had it, but I have had California pizza. And like where California gets it right is the same way that Chicago does. It's like if they imitate the East Coast. Like if if someone like takes the time to like figure out how they do it, not even the East Coast, the Northeast, like how they do it in the like from being generous, Washington DC northward, but really Philadelphia northward. Um if they learn how to do it that way and then try to imitate it, they can make good pizza there. Um, but left to their own devices, not a fucking chance. Um, I don't think the South even tries. Like no, they and to their credit. To their yeah, credit. it's just not their territory. They've got barbecue, you know. Yep. No, don't need to mess with the pizza. It's a different thing. Um, and so the the point is. Uh, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time judging this sort of thing up and down. And, you know, there's there, the, the, there's another aspect to this, though, which is the house of pizza, of which uh, we have several on our list that are considered that. Now, for those of you who don't know, um, it, it, it's it, it's changed a little bit over the recent years because family businesses and everything like usually by like the third generation, they sell um, to somebody else. And so I don't know truly how many houses of pizza are actually Greek at this point in time, but house of pizza in new England used to signify that this was a Greek owned pizza establishment. And by Greek style of pizza, typically what that means is it's going to be a, not quite as thin 
as like the Italian pizzas that you find in the city, but relatively the same style. It's like a little bit more generic, you know, it's, it's, it's just a little bit, it's a step down, but like a, a typical traditional decent house of pizza pizza is, is pretty good. The, the Greeks did a good job. They moved into new England. I, I, I wish I knew this story a little bit better about their, their immigrant passage, but you know, I mean, most of the Italians came you know, between like 1900, and 1920 or so. And I want to say that the Greeks kind of filled in the small towns because that's when pizza came. If, for those of you who don't know, like pizza, like pizza is eaten in Italy, but like pizza as a phenomenon is truly an Italian American thing. And so it really only began with Italian Americans in the 20th century. So it's not like the Greeks could have possibly preempted this, even if they were here first. But for whatever reason, there were more Greeks outside of the cities in New England, in the small towns, to the point where, like, you know, most New England, especially Massachusetts small towns, have a congregational church because that was like the theocracy that stemmed out of the Puritans. And it was like at one time mandated by law. Well, there's almost as many towns with a house of pizza as there is a congregational house of worship. It's almost as if at some point in time it was mandated by law. And those of you who are very familiar with Mount Monadnock probably know of Bald Rock. Um, it's one of the peaks on there. And on Bald Rock, there's this inexplicable carving on a, on a very prominent stone where it says Chiastomaticus Peak. Like very, very obvious Greek name. Like the only way it could be more obviously Greek is if it was like Chronopolis or something like that, you know, um, like wicked Greek. Right. And it's, it's a very old carving, you know, so it's obviously we're going back, you know, a hundred years or so somebody carved or maybe more carved this up there. Like the carving is old enough that it's older than Greeks in this region. As far as I can tell should be like there, I don't know that there should have been Greeks here when this was carved. Um, so my it's like an imagine, ancient aliens thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. The Greeks appeared to the Native Americans before Columbus. <laughs> like, like actually, it was like two thousand years ago. Like, while the Greeks were influencing the Romans in the whole Mediterranean region, they sent a party to to North America. Maybe the aliens took them there. Who knows? They, 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 it's very, you know, you know, in, in the Native Americans, they didn't have a written language. Which is why there's no record of this, right? And the Greeks, they didn't make it back to Greece. So, but they came over and they they told them about Greek pizza, and um, and they they carved this rock, but not in Greek letters. In, so, in, yeah. <laughs> they, knew, they knew what letters we were going to be using <laughs> after Columbus <laughs> down the line. And they, so, but so the, the, the mythology that I have invented for this um, is that Chiastomaticus was the founder of the first house of pizza in New England. <laughs> Not true, but if I repeated it enough, I bet you I can get it remembered that way. Well, here's the thing. So I, I was looking this up in the background earlier, and then again, just now a little bit. Um, Mr. Jerry? <laughs> yes, Jerry's off, so I had to do this. Um, and I thought I had come up with like a story explaining it, like a, like a little teaser on Google or whatever. But there, but it's not like I, once I clicked on it and started reading it, it's like the only thing that that I could find was that it may mean bald in Greek, but that, but oh, there's weird. no evidence. Like if you, if you search that word, which I think it's chiasticuticus, I think you're oh, adding it. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Chiasticuticus. In my mind, I, I call I always call it chiasticuticus, but yeah, you're probably right. Chiasticuticus sounds right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm only correcting you in case there's a listener who's like, yes, indeed, that is Greek for bald. Because the internet doesn't know this is the case. Other than this, like one website that's like, oh, might mean bald in Greek. And that's the whole story. I can't find anything else. So you're probably right, actually. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes, because let's be honest, right? Because I just Googled Chiasticuticus, right? And and it's coming up and you can see all the pictures and all this stuff. But like, you know, the internet and like global knowledge being what it is, if that were actually a Greek word, you know, it would just like come yes. up. You know what I mean? It would, yes. be like, it would be like, did you mean Greek for bald? You know, like, and um, no, totally. so I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, in fact, just to, 
Let's go to translate.google.com and we're going to detect language. We're going to type chiasticuticus. As it is, it's like hopsontherocks.com who is putting out this theory and they're like the only one. So, yeah, it's okay. So, it thinks that chiasticuticus is Latin, which it isn't, and it translates it to English. Chiasticuticus. Um, oh. So not right. Let me try to force it to translate Greek. So it's obviously not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it just translates to English Chiasticuticus. So no, no, internet speculators. Chiasticuticus does not mean bald in Greek. And that's really easy to look up. Um, that's not true. It's a dude's, it's somebody's name. Like it's definitely somebody's fucking name. Um, and. If there is, there is clearly no other record for this, which also I think corroborates my idea that we're talking about something that's like a century or so old, because if it was younger than that, there would be at least some shred of record or something on the internet about it. So yeah, Casticuticus founded the Greek houses of pizza in the region. In fact, maybe we should call this the Casticuticus pizza tournament. Oh my gosh, we definitely have Memorial. Yes, <laughs> 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 Memorial March Pizza Madness Tournament for the cure. <laughs> for the cure for baldness, which <laughs> which in Greek is actually phalakros. Which hey, you know what? Sam and I, we're in our mid to late 30s here. Yeah. Neither of us really has the male pattern baldness. So if anybody's going to try to help the bald and find the cure, it's out. I got a little bald spot in the back of my head a little bit, so I'm not totally immune. But still, still, we're old enough that like if we were going bald, you would know. Like we, it would, it would be there already. So we're here to help the rest of you <laughs> by eating pizza. By, That's right. By pizza and thinking about baldness, you know, like I'm not, sure what, I'm not sure what else we'll do for the cure, but we will, we will, we will send our thoughts and prayers. Our intentions will go towards may there never be a bald man again, you know. <laughs> Maybe may we erase this scourge from the earth, like Ebola and COVID. Indeed. Indeed. So. <laughs> this is a great segue. <laughs> Speaking of men who have overcome baldness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Let's talk about that. <laughs> We've got some big Elon Musk news today. <laughs> If you guys can't tell, we've done enough like local news and controversy and politics that we're just like staying out of that altogether this week. And so we're t- we're we're going to pivot to national slash international news. And no, that doesn't mean the conflict in Ukraine. Tell us what that means. <laughs> the top story on my mind today is that Grimes and Elon have a second secret kid, and the news about that just came out today. Yep. Um, they were able to keep this a secret because Grimes and Elon decided to use a surrogate. Yeah, I was going to say because Grimes didn't actually give birth to their kid. <laughs> they go no. and be pregnant to their kid. Right. Was chilled while the pregnancy was paid for elsewhere. Yes. <laughs> Off to the side. Which, like, <laughs> would that the rest of us could do that. God almighty. You know? Um, oh, I wouldn't pick that. But Grimes did. And their their daughter, I, I should have looked her name up. They're calling her Y to go with her brother X. Yes. Uh, Did you know about this yet, Sam? I, I only read it because you guys were talking about it. As usual, I felt like I had to <laughs> figure out what the hell we're talking I about here. I learned about this because you forced it on me. Probably like most of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 na- well, the, girl, the girl named Exa, so E-X-A is the first name. Uh, middle name number one is Dark, D-A-R-K. Middle name number two, I'm assuming, maybe this is last name number one, is Sidreal, S-I-D-E-R-A-E, you know, the A-E figure, yep. L, Musk. Yep. 
Yep, which yeah. is a combination Color of like, side reel, which is how they believe time in the universe works, and Galadriel, the Tolkien character. Which is like, <laughs> I mean, that's just like a baller combination. Like, good for them, honestly. I, yes. Like Dan, like Dan, our good buddy Dan Sesney, he made a joke earlier where he was just like, you know, like they're just on a higher plane than us. And and we just can't understand, and that's why. But like, and and I and I would have made that joke like a year ago, two years ago, and now I'm kind of like, uh, they might be, they might be, you know. <laughs> like I, I mean, we don't know. Everything's up for grabs these days. There's no assumptions that can be really taken very seriously. You know what? Fucking a, Elon Musk and Grimes. This whole thing that they have going on, and apparently they're like together and separated and not together and best friends and like the loves of each other's lives and like. But they all never lived together, and yeah, all of this truly inexplicable things. Elon Musk apparently he's got this is the second kid with Grimes. He's got five kids from his first wife, which like for those of you who don't know, God, I wish American politics was more like the Europeans because like those Europeans they have so much more fun. Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister of England, I don't know how many people know this. No one knows how many kids he has. Like, no lie. Like, the people of Great Britain, the United Kingdom, they don't know how many children their Prime Minister has. He just, in the last few months, has acknowledged enough kids that they can say he has seven. He has seven with two or three women, but there may be, like, unacknowledged bastard children besides the seven like, like, to the point where like, it's like anytime this gets talked about, people are like, there's probably more like it's assumed. Like we think there's more than seven. There's seven acknowledged children of Boris Johnson. And these people just like do this and like get away with it. Elliot Spitzer gets a hooker one time and his political career's over. You know what I mean? Like, and, um, like Boris Johnson's just like I ain't telling you how many kids I have, you know. What I mean? <laughs> like I don't understand how different it can be, you know. Like I don't know about Macron now. Well, actually, I do know about Macron in France. I don't know if you guys know about Macron. Like this would be this would be like rape in America. But like, do you realize that the man is married to his school teacher? Like he had an affair as a kid, as a teenager. With his like art teacher in high school, she's like sixteen years older than him or something like that, and they got married. And she's the first lady of France. You know wow. what I mean? Like in wow. America, she's like Mary Kay Letourneau. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it, which, by the way, I think she's still with that guy. But whatever. They they there was some true love there for like twenty years. They might have split up in the end. I don't know. But um, in France. You can still become first lady if you sleep with your student. Um, just, I don't know. I mean, different points of view. I, I like the more libertine approach. Honestly, I think it's healthier for society and people generally, but it's very different. So anyways, Elon Musk got a whole fucking bunch of kids and him and Grimes are they're on this thing and like they're together and they're not together and it's fine and it's cool and they're having a bunch of kids with weird names and they and they apparently want more even though they're not together according to this article that I read today I, and I, I I love I love them they're my favorite celebrity couple I think they're great like I am a really <laughs> arrogant you know and and in, in some ways, my, my critics might say I'm a sort of self-important sort of guy. And I'm not certain that they're not on a higher plane than me. I think I'm on a higher plane than most people. They might be on a higher plane than me. I, I'm just not sure that they're not. It's easy to call them ridiculous and all this stuff. But like, I don't know. They rule the world. Like, I, I, you know? Exactly. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like somebody decided that it that Elon Musk was going to be the guy to manage the private space exploration of Earth. You know, like I mean, that's that's the role that he's playing in our global society. He seems like he's doing an okay job with it. Frankly, I don't know. I, like, there's people who complain about it, but at the same time, like, I don't know. Did was NASA able to ever get a rocket to land upright? With thrusters? No. The answer is no. 
And, and you know what? The German Nazi scientists, whether in Germany or when we took them all into the United States and called them NASA, they weren't able to figure it out either. Um, but Elon Musk, you know, the, the apartheid emerald miner, um, <laughs> has indeed figured it out. I don't know. Bad people work on rocket scientists, on science, rocket science. You know, I don't know why that is exactly, but um, I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't really hate Elon, but I really I know, love I can't, I can't bring like, myself to anymore. Yeah. I used to. I can't do it anymore. People are like, he takes government subsidies to do this. It's like, all right, well, why don't you grab those government subsidies, fucking <laughs> motherfucker? You know what I mean? Like, fuck you. Like, somebody's going to grab them. What? Like, wh- I don't know. What do you think? If Elon Musk didn't grab them, they were going to go to affordable housing in Peterborough? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Not how it works, guys. <laughs> Like it's like Elon Musk is gonna grab them, or like Peter Thiel is gonna get them. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I'll let you. I, I'm not gonna go on a rant about him, but like I'll let you guys Google him. Um, I it it's probably you know he gets a lot of government money too, and I'd rather it go to Elon Musk. <laughs> um, if only because Peter Thiel killed Gawker, um, which I used to love because I like meanness, and they made meanness on the internet acceptable once upon a time it's not anymore it's a bummer we need i don't know bring bring back the mean guys i don't know i love it um um, but having covered our plans for pizza and elon and grimes after we've had several heavy episodes dealing with public policy I think we can call this one a nice happy St. Patrick's Day to all the Irish and fake Irish out there. Um, you know, I hope that you're enjoying this. You know, do like like I don't know, throw some green dye in your well, you know, um and um or in uh go go down to Cold Springs in Jaffrey, um the joint Peterborough Jaffrey water, you know, put some put some green dye in there. Um, so that <laughs> may the taps run green, may your luck ever be rich, and may there be gold at the end of all of your rainbows. A little trial run there. I don't know what you guys think, but um, <laughs> a good little ending. Um, but please, we're going to put it in the show notes. We'll put the details where you can send emails, where you can comment, where you can Facebook message, participate in our Facebook, uh, I mean, excuse me, in our Facebook, in our Chiasticuticus Memorial Pizza, (laughs) March Pizza Madness for the Cure. And (laughs) enter to win. You can get a free pepperoni pizza. It can feed you and maybe one of your friends. Um, And um, I don't know. Thank you for joining us this evening in the Space Lounge. I hope that you've enjoyed it. I hope that your heart feels lighter on this St. Patrick's Day in honor of the first day of spring, in honor perhaps even of my my impending birthday. Um, feel good. Feel good. Let's let's relax. God damn it. Let's have a good summer. Me and uh, Palmucci, for the record, we've already declared it hot dad summer. It's coming. Sam, you're invited. Um, and... Um, you know it's gonna be it's gonna be an awesome time 2022 baby hot dad summer it's coming all right a few months away but saint patrick's day is like the gateway it's it's the beginning of the beginning of goodness and on that note i want to thank you all until we meet again in the space lounge take good advice good night